When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Tony Scott and Gav Buckland as we look back at the opening day draw at Wolves, the dream debut of Richarlison, plus a host of other talking points that have come from Molyneux Chaps. Welcome back. Great to see you. And uh, first off, Gav, let's just let's just get thoughts on the game. Two-two draw. We were down to ten men. Uh, where, did, where did you come away feeling? Uh, largely like England's in the World Cup. Uh, we did well, but in retrospect, um, could have been a little bit more. Um, in comparison to previous seven games, it was a bit like Martin at his first game at Norwich in 2013, which was also a two-all draw, where you saw encouraging sides in terms of the pattern of play and you know players obviously up in the game for the new manager um, but like on Saturday we conceded the late goal via a header we should have kept out uh, and I had mixed feelings that day and I had mixed feelings on uh, on Saturday but on, on, on you know push comes to shove more positive than negative So Gav being a bit harsh there we're down to 10 men for over 45 minutes Come Typical on. Gav isn't it Seeing Everton win the lot in the 80s, <laughs> we're starved. <laughs> I was, do you know what, Phil? I, I mentioned it straight after the whistle that I've never seen an Everton team where the backsides are off as much as what they had done in 19 minutes a game of football. I haven't seen that competitiveness in, in 11 players, given it all from minute one till the 94th minute. I've seen us give it in patches, but to work the socks off like they did where you didn't think players had it in them. Schneider and Michael Keane, a lot of players that I thought were finished. Leighton Baines, I was writing off the week before, I was saying he can't last 19 minutes, and they proved me wrong. I thought Everton's effort was absolutely brilliant, and it was the sort of... I came out, I watched it, and I thought, you know what? Um, we've got our Everton back here. That's that's what I've grown up on, watching Everton give the full tilt for 19 minutes. I've endeavour, I've skill, and show everything what the football club's about. And that I know we do 2-2, two, two, but... To play a full half with ten men against a team that had just come up, and you come out disappointed with a two-two draw against ten men. That just shows you how well we played. Gav, were you fearful at halftime, and and therefore the response largely? I know you've got some sort of um, regrets over the final score, yeah. but were you largely impressed by the fact that Marco at halftime had obviously gone in there, got a plan together very quickly? And inspired ten men to produce what I felt was a very, very good performance. Yeah, that, that's what you know. Just to clarify what I said there. I've, I've got regrets not because like we should have played best. It's the fact that I haven't played so well and competed so mm. well with ten men. Mm. And actually, I thought that'd be on the balance of play. We probably deserved that deserved victory. Uh, and and I was impressed. I was impressed the way he changed things straight away. Um, I thought. Did you have any reservations? Were you like me? And I, I freely admit this. We took off Sigurdsson. I'm thinking. What the flaming heck are you doing here? You should have yeah, sacrificed Tosin. I thought that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought it was the right, right shout at the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, 
and I can only echo what Tony said. You know that all the players, you know, all of them were at least six or seven on ten, which is not necessarily the case for the last twelve months. Uh, good performances, and I think with ten men, the way we were organised and set up, I, 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 I was, you know, I was, I wasn't surprised we competed so well in the second half because we were pretty comfortable with eleven men on the pitch. I think. Think for Wolves, it was also a difficult day for the. You know, we have to remember it was their first game back for six or seven mm. years. I think they only had one player with Premier League experience or something like right, that. Right, okay, remember, yeah. yeah. Um, or a lot of Premier League experience, so we had to take, take that into account. Um, but all things considered, a little bit disappointing. Well, sorry, what you got to look at Phil is that we played this team newly promoted. Obviously, expecting everyone to to give us a right good game. If you look at the, the game overall, considering we had ten men, we created all the better chances. They they scored two really good goals. I'm not taking that that cross and the header. That yeah. was really he should have been close down, don't get me wrong. And the first goal was a free kick, which Pickford arguably should have done better, considering as well. But they're two really good goals. Apart from that, Pickford had one save to make. Everton scored two and arguably should have scored about three or four more. Then the acid chance when Coleman should have played him through. Mm. Tosin when he should have played Walcott and he decided to have a shot. When Richarlison had it back for Walcott. Everton could have got five or six there. You Richarlison know, in the first half when he should have squared it to Theo, I exactly. think, wasn't it? So yeah. on, with, with ten men over for an half, Everton could have easily scored five or six. And I think it's got to take into context here. I bet you Man City and Liverpool put about five or six past them, by the way. if we We should have put about four or five past them ourselves. And to come away with ten men... That's how well we played with the two two. You were disappointed, disappointed with the draw. That's yeah. what I've just said. You yeah. know, at the start, uh, I was saying to Phil before, and um, normally after the, we played the team, I normally go on one of their more reputable fan forums just to see what they say about <laughs> yeah, yeah. what they thought about the game. Can't stalk. Can, yeah. <laughs> what's, <laughs> he, what's he username? What are they saying, Gav? Come on, what are they saying? No, essentially, what you're saying there that that they felt. Um, you know, uh, setting aside the normal bias, of course, which we haven't got as Everton fans, <laughs> but um, that that we were the best team of ten men. Um, that um, we were. You know, Saints felt we are a big scalp, and now I always say we're not a massive club in Premier League terms, mm. but we are a big scalp for most Premier League teams. Uh, and so they regard us as a bigger club, and to get a point against us was was, was um, you know a good result for them. Mm. Bear in mind what I was saying; that was their first game, and there was a bit of like first night nerves, as it were. Um, but there was a couple of people who, who, who said uh, that the standard of play was higher than generally than the last time they played in the Premier League six seven years ago. Oh, so, yeah. Talking about us, you know, which was quite interesting. And and the main the main the, you know the main sort of thing you got about, got from it was that Everton are a big club in Premier League terms, spent a lot of money, and to get points off us is seen as a, a bit of a coup for for, yeah. for for a lot of teams. And so that was quite encouraging. And only, I'd say only to, to, to back you up, that actually be the better team with 10 men. Phil, no, since you've been covering Everton, mm. have you ever seen Everton work as hard as that in any other game? I think there's been there's been moments, I mean, top of my head stuff, I would say that league game at City away, we drew nil-nil, when you know there's that mad traffic and everybody missed the kick-off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we worked our proverbials off yeah. that night, and that really sticks out. There's been, and there's been moments, I mean, you can't deny that we didn't work hard against... 
Chelsea this season at Goodison and we got the nil nil. And I know it's Sam and that's not a popular yeah. you know, sentiment, yeah. but we worked hard that day. But yeah, I mean no, the I mean, relentless yeah. attitude no, you're, you're, and from everyone yeah. from other players that you didn't think it had it you in are, them. You're absolutely right, although I would caveat that and I think you are right, especially in the second half, which I thought and you mentioned Schneiderlin and yeah. Gay, I thought considering they were in the midfield with yeah. one man less, they were incredible. But all I would say is the first thirty minutes, you know, possibly, I don't think we were quite as good as maybe some people felt and you, if you watch Marco on the sideline he must have said it to the players four or five times get tighter he was not yeah. happy so I think I think the second half and the sending off kind of and, ha- and the half time talk probably jolted the players into thinking we have to work our plums off here otherwise yeah, we're going to yeah. get turned over big time yeah. but no, I, I know what you're saying and yeah. I, I do agree because I haven't seen anything like that in, in a long time yeah. I'd go back to the Moyes era mm. I think seriously. I think working harder further up the pitch pressing well. yeah yeah. but even the defence though when I see the Wolves players get the ball Everton plays in the faces and it weren't yeah. just like one or two the whole team was doing but, it but, but that's what Marco's been brought in that's his, yeah. one of his main attributes but to get that, that message know. across early up within the first match like we've, we've all watched pre-season and yeah. there's been not we haven't seen no evidence that that's going to happen I was look, I was sitting there before the game and I thought I'll take his Gloria I'll look on to Southampton on Saturday I'll be happy there and when I was watching them playing I thought I didn't see this coming because I was tipping us to, to ship all kinds of goals in with Keenan Jagielka at the back and Baines I was going these are going to fly at us I, honestly I was going feeling the worst I didn't see that performance coming at all so I don't know what's happened in between Valencia and that Wolves game I wonder whether, you know, given uh, when I was in Austria and I sat down with Michael Keane, he said the first two weeks of pre-season had all, all up to that point been about defence, defence, defence. And he said, now, it often comes out when the new manager new manager comes in, we weren't fit enough last season. Now, if you're taking him at his word, yeah. I know you're laughing, Gav, because yeah. they, 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 they all kind of roll it out, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. they? But if you're taking Michael at his word, maybe that point on Saturday, that performance in the second half, was from Austria you know forget the game Mm. you know it was that week and then the week before at Finch Farm so um, obviously Richarlison hit all the the headlines you know a a superb debut with two goals one in either half Um, Gav when was the last time you saw a debut from an Everton player not necessarily scoring debut but a debut where they'd really taken the game by the scruff of the neck, if you like, that way, or they'd come out of, of that game with all the headlines and the plaudits. Do you remember a debut to have impressed as much? Probably back to Tony Cotty, you would think, 30 years ago when he scored the hat-trick. Where do you want um, to when we played Newcastle on the opening day against our home? That was when Tony Cotty scored the hat-trick. Was he? Yeah, oh, when Ferguson, Ferguson scored. scored. Ferguson in 96. Yeah, he, and that, he, but, he was unbelievable. But that wasn't his that debut, day. that was it. Gary Speed scored on his debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on, on a debut, I, you would have to... I was going to say Joe there, but I was yeah. probably... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say it would be probably Tony Cotty off the top of my head. Was um, is, is there any? I mean, I again, top of my head stuff. Something more recently where a player if, has played for the first time. Did you look at Rom at West Ham and go, "Oh, hang on a minute, we might have something here." He was yeah. on. He was only on for the fair. He was only on a sub there. Yeah. I remember it was Kevin Morales play against Leighton Orient his first. Who? Kevin, yeah, you're on, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't. Basically, what I'm saying is, I'm struggling. Yeah. To 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 think of like. You know, Wayne was good, wasn't he, against Tottenham in his first yeah. game? Yeah, as you would expect, added a little bit extra. You see that quality. But in terms of grabbing the headlines, performing for 80 odd minutes, scoring two very different goals as well. One was a sort of poacher's goal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. 
uh, causing chaos of a set piece. Yeah, <laughs> the second one was dare I say an Henri esque finish into the. How many times have you watched it back? Oh, yeah, into the far post. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. To be I don't think. I don't think Patricio yeah, was. Which no. was which is a which is a measure of like the sort of quality. Plus, he's obviously you know obviously all that stuff at the end of the game as well. Um, it, it was hugely impressive, and he's, the problem with that, as Tony Cossey found out, is you then set yourself a very high standard mm. against which you are that therefore judged. And uh, but that's for the future to celebrate his performance in the game. I thought he was was excellent, and he's got a bit of a nasty streak because that was quite a bad challenge, wasn't it? Mm. Um, you I got thought, that though, mate. Yeah, well, that, that's well, exactly, exactly. Well, so that brings me neatly on to what I wanted to ask you uh, after the game, Marco. There was two sort of strands on Richarlison. One is that he doesn't get enough protection from referees and needs to be protected more. The second one is we need to be, quote, calm about him. He's still 21, he's still learning his trade, etc., etc. Give us your your view on those two things, protection and us sort of, you know, let's calm in the hype a little bit about him. Uh, Silver's saying this because obviously he wants referees to get into his head that he can obviously a bit of leeway. I get all that, but it's got to be expected when you're a very skillful player. I look back to Cristiano Ronaldo when he first came in this country, step over, step overs. He was getting kicked everywhere. You've just got to deal with it. If you're a better player, you're going to expect more challenges, better, stronger tackles. You're going to, men will be doubling you up in games. So you've just got to cope with that. That just goes to show how good of a footballer you are. As in terms of expectation with him now, how the fans are going to deal with the pressure with him. It's part of the game, isn't it? That's why... Like You look across the park, and I don't want to keep mentioning them again, but like Mo Salah... He, he had a brilliant season last season. The expectancy mm. again is he's done it again. So that just shows you, like Harry Kane had that a couple of years ago. Is he going to be a one season wonder? You've got to cope with that expectation. He's got the right character, you can see it. He's a confident lad, he doesn't care who he's playing against. So I'm sure he can cope with it, the expectation. And um, do you know what? It's about time that we have got a, a player of this ilk who we can rely on. I know he's such young and I don't want to put obviously all the weight on his shoulders, but. He's got the ability to prove it and to, to to win us games as he did. So yeah, it, it it goes to show that he's a good player, and, and I'm happy that fans are uh, putting their weight on his shoulder because that just shows you how good he is. He's got a hell of a work ethic, hasn't he? Oh, he's unbelievable. And yeah, it's, it's almost as impressive as his second goal in that respect. The fact that he just refused to stop running all day. Yeah, and you don't symbolise that with South American football as well. well I, think we dis- I think we might have discussed it actually one pod when I think you were away, Tony. Where we said it's almost that new breed of South American players coming into the division, isn't it? You know, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're mm. more ready for European football, so to speak. Yeah, it's the I opposite think, of Neymar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, by and large, you always associate a lot of fa- South Americans do work hard, don't they? Um, I think. Uh, apart from Joe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you just got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, a, lot yeah, of, yeah. a lot of the reasons the boss aren't is because mm. they do work hard. Uh, I, I, I still bringing as well. Yeah, aren't yeah, they yeah. The, the, the blessed and the lucky yeah. the, the lifestyle yeah, they've got. Yeah, exactly. Well, Tevez a big classic example yeah. of that one. Apart from that time of Bayern Munich. Um, but I think I think he's just got to be careful. He doesn't want to overbear himself out. It does he? You know. Yeah, yeah. I think he has to be measured in the in what he does on the pitch um, and not run round. You know, uh, that's all 20, over the 21, place. Gav. Yeah, but I think I think I have all the energy in the world no, when you're 21. You, when you get to like say <laughs> 28, 29, you start worrying about how you. Well, how you a he was just just saying during the close season he hasn't played. He's had two years playing. Well, he's had a full. He's had a preseason. Yeah, now, but, but full rest. he's had two years of playing continuously. So twenty-one. Come on. It's just he just needs to imagine. <laughs> no, yeah, what I'm saying. You've twenty-one. How many games are you playing every week? Three, three a season. <laughs> yeah. But. You know what I'm saying is, is save your energy for the really, really important bits. 
you know, when you've really got to turn the afterburners on, don't get to 80 minutes and you... You can't fit in our yeah. games like maybe, that. Maybe, I'm just, maybe I'm just his... saying, I, he just needs to be measured in the way he applies himself in games. But or even you can be the fittest player in the world, you've still got to do that. I suppose perhaps his, um, his work rate was maybe pronounced because we were down to 10 men and maybe yeah. he was having to do a bit more mm. because we were a man down perhaps, wasn't he? Yeah, and um, I, I just, we just need to be careful. But, I mean, it, we, we've been crying out for maybe... I mean, Romdo scored a lot of goals. He for a number of reasons he wasn't necessarily everybody's fans favourites haven't we and we've been crying out really for somebody to, to sort of represent us on mm. the pitch really since probably since Kyle left maybe yeah yeah even, good shows even mm. um, he's idolised already yeah he, and know? you know if Richarlison you know fills that gap through his performances on the pitch he's, he's already repaid no poor Mason you know <laughs> a significant amount of of the fee because fans want that, don't they? Course, you want, yeah. they want the performance, but if you can represent you, your supporters, there we say the connection that Mark, yeah, 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 that, about, that, yeah, you know, that, 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 you know, that's part of part of paying back your fee, as far as I'm concerned. And um, already, <laughs> completely saying it's early days, yeah, already, you know, I think that's that's good news, and long may it continue with them, you know. Uh, let's move on to the other major talking point from on the pitch. It was Jag Elka's red card. Everton had decided not to appeal the decision, so Jags has a three-match ban and won't be available again until the 1st of September when we play Huddersfield at home. Just one word answer, chaps. Correct decision by the referee on the day, yes or no? No for me. I've got to say yes. I knew, I knew he was going to say <laughs> no, that. I was going to say that before you said no, so if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. We will I, leave. Go on, go on. Just go on briefly, what I will say in that, if that's a red card... I've seen 15, 20 tackles exactly the same. You're putting a oh, gav there. You I'm say 15, 20 yeah, tackles yeah. from gav. 50, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen hundreds of tackles like that over the Premier League weekend alone. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what I've seen that in that self-contained bit of play. I thought he lost the most dangerous... Some of the most dangerous tackles for me are performing a play has lost control of the ball and, and as like but the everyone's ball new, sorry, sorry to interrupt every player has lost control of the ball if they're going in for a tackle but he, he, took, he took the play I mean the, you, you see the slow-mos he, 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 he classes the lad's ankle doesn't he I after mean, he wins yeah. the ball but uh, at what, at what point though at what point are we well he has been but can you penalise for following through you can't you, you can't because help he can't, you can't stop momentum no you can't of course I, you can't I, th- I thought all things considered, it was it was harsh, but fair. How many and times like, are you told ball and man? Yeah, but it, it depends. You can take them. You can I take suppose them that's not out. in the rule book, is it? I guess. Well, you, you take the ball. You can't help your body yeah. the way it slides yeah, under yeah, your conditions. Yeah, of course. But it was the, I, I I looked at it again. I looked at it a thousand times, and the way I look at it, he's it's horizontal. He goes through. He gets the ball, but he also takes. Takes the fella and and it looks when you look in slow motion, he does give the ankle. You see the ankle back. Yeah, I'm not disputing that, Gav, but he can't. He can't help the way his body you continues still, after he, he wins the ball. Sharon, where the Sharon, right? Because they apparently had this discussion yeah. didn't they, on Saturday, you know. And uh, I, 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 I thought it was a red card, um, not a hundred percent spot on, hundred percent. But I thought it was harsh, but fair. Um, Rooney done exactly the same over the weekend in the MLS. He's done exactly the same. Uh, won the ball and crossed it in the box and he scores. No one flinched. I've not seen the way Rooney think. I'm just saying, it's what I saw on Saturday and seen in the replay. I thought I could understand why the referee sent him off in real time. And when I seen the replay, he, he, it's not a, I would say, a fair challenge. 
it's not even it's not even a foul. It's not even a foul. Opinions, eh? <laughs> Football lives yeah. and dies on opinions, and we have plenty on here. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Off the pitch after the game, uh, I spoke to Marco Silva, and I said to Marco... Was he wet, Phil? He dried out by the time. <laughs> he, he dried out and presented himself very well at that point. I said, Marco... Uh, no Adam or Luckman today. Is he is he injured? His answer, as I'm sure you've all read, was not injured. My decision, lads. Are we are we concerned that Marco feels at this stage that he he has to drop Adam Ola from the squad? Is this a worry for us? It's not a worry for me. It's it's it shows you. It's a, it's a testament to how strong of a manager Marco Silva is because if he's got the He's been given a job to look after the Everton team, and if Asamola Luckman's head isn't right, well, that's his problem. He's got to sort himself out. One thing I will say is that there's been lots of players down the line. Louis Suarez springs to mind when the players wanted to move. The club said no. You get your head down, you work your socks off, and you'll get your move because you'll show how good you are and you'll get your move. Now, Asamola Luckman is either going to rot in the under-23s from now till January or now till the end of the season, or he gets his head down, works his socks off, gets himself back in the Everton team, performs, and do you know what? If you're that good, maybe you'll get your chance to move along. So Marco Silva's well within his right to do what he's done, and it's for the good of Everton Football Club, not Adam Ola Luchman, not, not Marco Silva for Everton. Gav, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think um, I think it helps that Richarlison <laughs> plays in his place. To strengthen To be fair, hand, like, course, you know, yeah. if he were a bit short on the left-hand side of uh, attack, I think it may be a slightly different, uh, slightly different team selection. It's got well, Bernard to come back as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I agree what Tony's saying there. Um, I think if his head's not there, it, it, the, the thing, the thing with the Suarez thing, and I know what you're saying. No, there's hundreds. I just needed an you, example. You, you, you know, what, there's always going to be a market for players like that. With Luckman, this is like a sort of one-off opportunity, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's slightly, slightly different. Big. Um, there's not going to be a queue of clubs. Maybe wanting to buy him, like if Suarez was on the market, there would be, you know. Uh, oh, the, there's loads of examples. Yeah, out yeah, there, but, but um, and it's a, it's obviously an issue with Luckman that's been going on for quite a while because there was twelve months ago there was talk, wasn't it, of him being unhappy and mm. maybe what you know the movers in the often. To me, it, it seems perhaps that they've still got the door open for maybe him to move. He says he's gone on record though saying he's not. Yeah, but what people saying? Do you really do, think? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Well, but if if the place was right, and what we're talking, what, what, we're talking go on, then 30, what, go on, what is talking, the right price? What, what Leipzig are talking? What we're talking thirty million euros? Are we something like that? I don't want thirty million straight yeah, yeah, before yeah. you even contemplate yeah, talking about yeah. it. And we bought them for about twelve. Oh, I think it was. I think the deal was about ten and a half. Yeah, yeah. There's championship players going there for twenty-five, thirty million. Yeah. To me. Regardless of, you know, what we think, if if Leipzig came up with an offer that we found too good to turn down and thirty whatever million euros pounds whatever it is, uh, you know, could, I could see us probably saying, well, if he's unhappy, maybe it's best for both. Well, well how long? How long, Tony? Do you, how long do you keep an unhappy player? Then you've got to. Well, well not be funny. Wilfred Zaha was desperate to go to Tottenham, leading up to the transfer deadline. 
desperate. Never got his move. Palace said, you're not going. Owner said, you're not going anywhere for the fee that's going bands about. You're staying. On Saturday, he turns up for Palace, wins them the game, gets his head down, because he knows he'll get his move eventually, because he believes in his own ability, gets his head straight, shows you. There's hundreds of players that get told, especially now in this day and age, Phil, when Premier League clubs now, the, the player power's slowly shifting away because they've got the power within them now. They've got the money when they did that before. Everton were a selling club 10 years ago where they had to, when they were playing, wanted to go. They, had, they couldn't do nothing about it. They had to sell them. Now, majority of football clubs in the Premier League have got the money so they can stop the player from going. And you've got to get your head right if you want to get your move to do it. Zaha's a prime example. Desperate to move to Chelsea or Tottenham. Didn't get it. Turns up on Saturday, wins Palace the game. Yeah, is Zaha's ties to Palace a bit more stronger than No, there's hundreds, there's hundreds of yeah, players yeah, I can, I I can name, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just, I just think that I could see a position where the right offer came along and he was unhappy. I think we'll be, regret be, it. Do you think so? We get to December and say Richarlison's injured or suspended and next you're going, oh, who's on the left? Bernard hasn't settled in. You're going, where do we go? Yeah, 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 I get that. But sometimes, you know, sometimes the bottom line it's not good having 30 million in the bank if you if you get into in the middle of December. Yeah, yeah I get that. Well, that's that's something the club needs to look at. Not that the, not that necessarily the club would be worried about this if the if as you say, Gav, the offer was right and it was too good to turn down. But it would go against everything they've said publicly. And what would that send out the wrong message though? Is that you know you've said he's not for sale. He's a talent. We want to work with him. Or at that point in the club going well, he he he, he sort of boxes into a corner. He made it clear he, he he didn't want to be at the club, so we had to. Or, I mean, we're talking so hugely hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may have said that already, for all we know, like you know. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a bit of a strange one. This for me, the, the whole Luckman thing since he the last year. You know, um, maybe maybe that's the case. And I just think that yeah, I know what you're saying. So you in that looking at the strength of the squad, we've got to play on wide left. Richarlison, Carver Lewin. No, Bernard's been Bernard told he play left. Yeah. But if he hasn't settled of, in, yeah. Like yeah, it's a gamble. Yeah, he's been playing Shakhtar, so if he hasn't settled in, next minute with Charlton drops a bit of form, you're going into big games and there's no one to throw yeah. on the left. No one's having thirty million in the bank. Um, sorry to flip flop. Uh, we're just going to go back to Jags very quickly. Obviously, sending off in its three-game ban. Naturally, people have looked at that. Looked at the new arrivals. Yeah, Mina, Zuma. The, the fact that Holgate's up the pecking order. Keane has obviously played fairly well on Saturday. Is it way over of an overreaction to say that it's actually genuinely a, a risk and a danger that Jags might actually not play again? Out of contract in the summer. You know, will he return on September the first? Fifth choice in the pecking order. <laughs> you said on. Sitting on a Philly seat on uh, was it Friday? Was the pod you said uh, Jags the centre half position is his to lose? Is what you said, mm. Phil. And I was thinking about that yeah. twenty four hours mm. later when he got mm. sent off. Well, he could have already lost it with the yeah. first game of the season. Um, and I felt sorry for him because he was playing all yeah. right, weren't he? I, w- I was worried. I was worried, but he was doing okay. Yeah, the, the, yeah. There's, um, the, I suppose what's keeping him in it is like you don't know. I mean, they've got two centre-halves that are new to the club, haven't you? They're so going to play, though, aren't they? It, I think whether he's played his last game or whether he's first, first two choices centre-half may be two completely yeah. different questions. Um, I, I can see, having brought in two centre-halves, 
And Keane, who thought had a decent game apart from, mm-hmm. I thought he was a fault. Though he was the only open player. I think that's the kind of ge- that's, Hallgate, the ca- that's the kind of game when Keane thrives. By yeah, the way, yeah. sorry, carry yeah. on. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, and Hallgate to me, I think he can kick on. I think you know, all of a sudden Jags is way down the pecking order, isn't he? Uh, at thirty six, and he could find himself conceivably fifth if, if certainly if Keane and Hallgate improve. And, and and the two two new uh, lads, um, you know, bed in, yeah, is that he won't be he won't be getting the game, and that throws up all sorts well, of questions, doesn't it? They'll throw up questions ahead of January, wouldn't? And Marco made a point that uh, in the press conference on Friday that the defensive options at centre half haven't actually really changed. He said we've just replaced a couple with two in and stuff. Do you? It's a squad. Do do we carry five centre halves? Is that too many, or do you have to have? Five, you know. I think you'll have to have them because we found out last season, didn't we? And the season before, and the season before that, you're playing best at centre half. One minute you're playing, it just especially when, if we're looking to crack on at one of the cups as well, League Cup, FA Cup as well. You you need at least four four centre halves. You alluded to a season, a couple of seasons ago, didn't you, Gav? Yeah. We said we need four centre halves at least. One thing I will say on the centre half situation, he's paid thirty million for one player, so he's starting. He, he's in Yerry Mina. And he's got Zuma on over the season. So he's not going to bring him in just to sit on the bench. So there's his, that's his ideal partnership, Zuma and Yerimina. And then you've got Holgate, which I think is third choice because he's got pace. And then it becomes Michael Keane and Jagielka fighting for the fourth place. So that's what you're entirely left with. Yeah, I think five's all right because you've only paid fees for what, effectively, two of them because you say Jags is that long ago, it doesn't really count. Mm. When he paid money for and Mason them, was you know, was yeah. a snip really now when yeah, you look at it yeah and um, so I think they've only paid big fees so mm. I think Fard's all right and Mason can do a job maybe well, Michael's done a job at right back hasn't he <laughs> played at right back so um, just cover there perhaps yeah I've not got a problem with that be interested to see what happens in January though of course because Jack Elker if he's fit we assume he will be and you know and if he's not playing he'll want to go and he'll want to play football won't he? and you know he's you maybe see the writing on the wall perhaps. Yeah, yeah, and also throws up the captaincy question there. Like I said, this ongoing. <laughs> so we might we might see an answer on on Saturday. Possibly, it, I don't think Bainesy has done anything to suggest that he should be replaced, though. If you know what I mean, because he would be. Well, how long does Genius sit on the bench for? That's like he's new, he's new, isn't he? he you know, he's been by. But in time. the in the main, he'll be starting. And with Jackie yeah. now suspended, so we're going to find out an answer sooner rather yes. than later. Yeah, who Everton's arguably future captain's going to be? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I've spoken about the left back thing and the same on the pod Richarlison's good form and the fact he's got plenty of pace and he's a threat does that mean that Baines has got more chance of getting in the team because he can we've already got enormous stress on the left that late mm. and hang back a little bit I think and he knows he's going he's gonna to get a lot of help doesn't he yeah yeah. yeah. that actually he can he doesn't can have just, that since has yeah, he that he can stay maybe a little bit deeper uh, um, and, he doesn't, and, and get, he doesn't have to get up and bomb on as much. He's heavily involved in the second goal yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah but, but equally he knows that if he does bomb on an overlap, yeah. Richarlison's going to going to going to cover yeah. for him, so isn't he? Yeah. So Richarlison's good for maybe has helped and good starts has helped Leighton's position in some respects. Yeah, yeah. Good point. That. Uh, just before we wrap up, only got a few minutes left of today's uh, Royal Blue podcast. Uh, obviously, the news this morning: uh, Alicia Usmanov gave an interview with Bloomberg, where he was rather non-committal, but didn't close the door on Everton, said he would consider investing if there was potential for good returns. Um, Gav? Why are you laughing, Gav? 
feelings as soon as on I that. I saw this and I thought it's going to be mentioned in the pod, and I don't really know what to say about it. And I still go on, go on then. Well, go what on did then. you feel when the you when you heard it? yours, Gav? Yeah, no. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just words, isn't it? You know, we have to be careful here, don't we? There's about four other clubs you're supposed to fancy. Or no, but there's more, there's, there's more substance with the yeah. Everton, surely, isn't there? Yeah, but for lots of reasons, he's already got that USM, whatever it is, uh, Finch Farm, and there's an opportunity in the stadium to invest money. And Farhad's friend, I don't know how the work how power base would work. To be fair, yeah, that would be the uh, an interesting one, wouldn't it? Um, get on the phone soon, go. Yeah, <laughs> get him on the pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and but it's just weird at this stage, isn't it? But you didn't have to say them. I don't know what the, what was the question. No was idea. Well, yeah, you would yeah. assume. Yeah, would yeah. you be willing to invest in Everton or something? Yeah, I'd to help. To help. <laughs> Happy to help. Yeah. I don't think he meant there like buying new cutlery for the uh, professional <laughs> body, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's encouraging, but it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's all a bit vague and smoke, smoke and mirrors for me at this stage. Playing devil's advocate, so he's a smart enough man to have knocked down those questions if there was never going to be any interest in investing in everything. Well, what were you, two weeks ago, well, a week ago, when when he obviously sold his shares to um, Stan Kroenke, he, Everyone was saying, and there was—I think there was some kinds of quote saying that he's not going to get involved in Everton Football Club. And I thought, hang on, this was the same fellow who said he'd never sell his shares to Stan Kroenke. He's a, he's, a, he's a wealthy businessman for a reason. Obviously, he can tell lies at the back. Tell some knowledge, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what he says; it's what he does. So I wouldn't be surprised one jot if he gets involved in Everton. Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised at all. His business partners there. There's a stadium getting built on the waterfront. That's going to be shown all around the world. Who wouldn't want their company's logo printed on the front of that stadium, an iconic stadium? Why wouldn't you? So it just makes it makes financial sense for someone with a few quid who's got a business, doesn't it? Not just Ushmanov. It makes some sense for for anyone, doesn't it? Really. So no, the, the, in my opinion, the, there's no um, there's no smoke or no fire. And very quickly, uh, encouraged to see that the club have uh, uh, appointed a stadium development director. Feel that's an yeah. important step. Yeah, big job that, isn't it? As we've seen with the Spurs uh, thing this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the, the area and the, the sorts of sensitivities around it, you know, the, around the difficulties in building on it. I think it's a big big job there. But but progress, which is what we want in the stadium. Um, and that that's really encouraging for, for me. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, chaps. Really appreciate that. Lively and uh, strongly opinionated as ever. Thank you very much for listening to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Stay with us online and we will uh, reconvene later in the week to preview the first official home game of the Marco Silva era when the Blues take on Southampton. Thanks very much. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.